You know, I have to hand it to us, Stu. We didn't, like, we didn't just phone it in today. I tried several yeah. times. Several times. Yeah. Several times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't try, but I came in. You know? Yeah. It wasn't just me phoning it in. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, but it's a Friday, so what do you expect? I mean, well, this is America, 2023. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we show up for four days a week is pretty yeah. impressive. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. We should go protest in France. Uh, and we can bring back some of those snappy berets. Mm. Um, here's the thing. Uh, today is a Fight Back Friday and Good News Friday uh, podcast. A lot of really fascinating stuff that is going on that we thought was impossible. Even a month ago, some of these things. Um, you are you are activated. There's something happening in America. And we show it to you on today's broadcast. Brought to you by... Relief factor. I've got a man here on the street who uh, had a nail gun to his head and his tongue, believe it or not. Uh, and they've never been able to remove the nails, nope. but it's very painful. It, on it is very painful. Ah! Wow, you're. Oh! You're. Ah. <laughs> you seem to, I mean, be able to talk a little bit. You took relief factor? Ah. Yeah. Wait. I thought you were going to offer me Relief Factor to, to help with this pain. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know your story, sir. You just came in. <laughs> That's true. And you I have do. a nail in your tongue, but you seem to be able to This enunciate. one's actually a piercing. I this, got the tongue a, removed. Okay. Yeah, All it was right. removed okay. a while ago. Right. Um, but. Um, so you haven't tried Relief Factor? Um, yes. 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 That's right. After you, mm-hmm. you know, go to a hospital and have the nails removed. Right. So, so yes. If you've had a nail gun to the head and the tongue, like why would the, the tongue? I don't know. I don't know. It was. Were, I don't know. It was a know. weird night. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not you. I, <laughs> I don't do that with nail guns. But uh, if you have a nail gun to the head, get treatment from a doctor, and then you know consider Al Relief Factor three week quick start, 1995. Trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it. 70% of them go on to order more month after month. Find relief with relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. I have to tell you, God works in really mysterious ways. Um, We were going to do a Gettysburg um, restoring event. It was called Restoring the Covenant. And then what happened? Uh, COVID. And we were deep financially into it and everything else. And that went away quickly. Uh, And I have felt that a covenant needed to be made for years we are a covenant people and a covenant with god is really important if you make a covenant with god and you break it all of those blessings go away all of those protections go away everything goes away and we have break broken our covenant made by many times in our country's history uh by our leaders uh we have to make it again and we have to uh beg for forgiveness that we we get it we know we know what we've done so i wanted to do that a few years ago 
I get an, uh, a video from a woman named Donica Hudson, and she is. Uh, she said, I'm listening to you. I don't even remember what show it was. I'm listening to you, and you have to be at this event. So I checked into it, and I'm going to be at this event next Wednesday, uh, and Donica is on with me now. Hello, Donica. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. So tell me what this event is. This event is called the First Landing 1607 Declaration of Covenant. And we are so glad and thankful that you'll be there as our keynote speaker for the gala dinner because you do understand covenant. (laughs) God will not be mocked. That's the most important thing of a covenant. God will not be mocked. Don't get into a covenant lightly with him because he'll keep his promise. Um, All right. So the first landing, 1607, we're talking Jamestown, right? That's correct. Actually, the first landing was at Cape Henry. Okay. And then the colonists uh, moved. It took two weeks, and they went down the river and uh, established Jamestown. So a lot of people don't know. It's not in many of the history books, surprise, surprise, that when the colonists landed on April the 29th of 1607, they planted a huge wooden cross in the sand. They knelt, they took communion, and they dedicated themselves and this land to God, this land meaning the entire continent. And not only did they, did they do that, Glenn, they prayed that America would be evangelist to the world and that generations to come after them would return and look at that cross and join them in this covenant. And that's exactly what we're doing. So where is this happening? This is happening at Virginia Beach, Virginia, at the Delta Marriott. It's actually near the first landing cross that's on a military base. And we're bringing a big wooden cross to the sand there Mm. so that people can literally do what the covenant calls us to do. Look at that cross and remember what the founders of America did when they dedicated this nation to God. So the covenant I've I've read and the are you going to actually speak the covenant? Or are you asking people just to do it on their own? Well, if you go to our website, you'll see that I have written a declaration of covenant. Mm-hmm. And in that, we in unison re-covenant with the founding colonists' Good. original words. And I actually had that prayer in my book, Pray America Great. And that's how I got connected to help co-found this event with the visionary, Reverend Jack Stagman. So what we're doing is acknowledging that we are a Christian nation, that the colonists did, in fact, do exactly what I just outlined, and that we intend to continue to join the colonists in this covenant. Because if we don't, it's like you said in, in your incredible email to me, Glenn, that I read over and over again because it was so powerful, that this is the only way that we save America. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so um, uh, is there a recognition? Because I, I read uh, maybe a, a, another something else posted on the website. I don't remember what it was, but it was uh-huh. it was really a prayer of recognition of wow, we've screwed things up. Please forgive us. Exactly, exactly. And if you go to firstlanding sixteen oh seven dot com, you can click on the Declaration of Covenant. It's actually a downloadable PDF. 
so that you can actually agree with us. We're going to be live streaming it around the world in 72 languages, real time, uh, thanks to Clout Hub. And we are going to allow people around the world to agree with us with this covenant. So go ahead and register online to do that. But yes, we do acknowledge most of the things that you broadcast and are awakening the, the republic to realize it's why we're in this situation that we need to mm-hmm. remarry America to God. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, 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 if I would have said this 10 years ago, uh, or certainly in 1963, uh, I would have been called a madman. But we have not just removed God. We have replaced God in our schools with uh, drag queens. Uh, yes. That's that's how insane it is. And in, it, it un- is. until we humble ourselves recognize our role in this and then beg for his forgiveness and renew a covenant. I don't think mm-hmm. we save America. Uh, Donica, I, I, I can't wait to meet you. Um, I, I'm just so impressed by your initiative and what you've put together. And uh, I'm just thrilled that I can be there. Well, thank you. And I cannot take the sole credit for that. We have a founding team of five that are working diligently together. I was asked to to write the Declaration of Covenant. That's my strong suit. We've actually just found out uh, we're trying to get an annual day of a first landing annual day established so that the nation knows that we are a Christian nation and that this can be a building of uh, recognition of covenant throughout the land. We want to get it back into the schools. And I agree with you. Let's go there with the drag queens replacing God in the schools, (laughs) you know, and how we, we outlawed school prayer. You know, this, most people don't realize everything that we're doing is in the Bible. Everything that is happening as an attack to us with drag queens in schools is a movement of the Antichrist spirit through the global elite to strip us of our identity. So when we actually recovenant, we are recognizing our true identity in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who established covenant in this earth. He, our God made covenant with night and day. Everything that we see is by covenant. How can we deny and leave him? We have left our first love in America. And this is an opportunity to save America by recovenanting with him, re uh, recognizing our identity in the God who created us and loves us. And I know there are people out there listening, Glenn. They are hurting. They are bewildered. They don't understand what's happening to our country. They're going, where is God? And he is right here. He is right here. We may have left him, but he has not left us. That's the nature of covenant. We have an opportunity to return to the God who created us before he issues us a certificate of divorce, <laughs> like he did in Jeremiah 3.8 with Israel. We have a window of time. And I think, like you said on your incredible broadcast recently, I, I think it was the Tucker Carlson broadcast, that we are no longer a superpower. We are headed to be, by 2025, a police state. I believe this is our window of time that you have so aptly outlined, that if we the people who are in covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the blood covenant of Jesus Christ, return to our first love and recovenant with God, that we will usher in a force of covenant and history that saves America. 
Donica, I can't thank you enough. Listen, I, I want you to go to firstlanding1607.com. That's firstlanding1607.com. If you can join us in Virginia Beach, great. If you can't, join it online. Um, it, it Get your church involved. This covenant needs to be made everywhere in America. We must restore our covenants uh, with God and beg his forgiveness. It really is, I believe, the only way um, back. We we are not fighting politicians. We're not fighting no. parties. We're fighting evil. And it's time to recognize that and call in the big guns. The yeah. Only the Lord can take care of this at this point. Uh, but right. it requires work on our side. And that work is to live as a covenant people. Donica, thank you so much. I'll see you uh, next Wednesday. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Donica Hudson, uh, Pray America, great author, First Landing 1607 Project co-founder. Again, uh, you can find out more about this at firstlanding1607.com. If you're in that area, I would love to see you next Wednesday in Virginia Beach. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Alex Epstein is uh, with us now, president and founder of the Center for Industrial Progress, author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. He is pro-fossil fuels, anti-green agenda, and uh, uses facts to uh, back it all up. How are you doing, Alex? Good. Good to be here. And Stu, you're here this time. You weren't here last time. I, I know. I missed you. It's great to have you here. And of course, you know, we last time I think I had you on Studios America, I was talking about your new book, Fossil Future, Fossil Future which is yeah. the update to a moral mm. case for fossil fuels and a great, great book. I mean, it's one I, told like, him, I go back to all the I, time. I, uh, it's nonstop. I mean, you're like a god to him. Or, I, 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 I don't know. know he's a fanboy. Has he stalked you at any point? Because well, for you know, years I, I've you've been, been trying him. to create an army of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, a, a, an overweight, out of shape army. Yeah, We're yeah, coming together right. right here. It's going to go well. It's going to go well. <laughs> so um, I have this sense that things are changing. Um, things are being exposed, like the WEF and ESG. That's been exposed now. It's starting to be almost a joke. Um, and when it comes to the fossil fuel usage, I hope that it uh, I hope that this changes a little quicker because we're entering a time where they're just going to choke us off and kick the door closed behind. It, it, are we making progress on this? I think so. I think there's enough encouraging signs that people should be even more motivated to fight. I think it's, is it fight back Fridays? Is that what yeah, you call yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my own experience is, so I got passionate about this issue in 2007. So almost 16 years ago now. And for most of that period, you know, from 2007 to the present, what I would call the case against fossil fuels has enjoyed a position of a moral monopoly. So basically, if you are against fossil fuels, right, if you said, I hate, I'm, I'm concerned about climate change, I'm against fossil fuels, you just got a halo over your head. Mm -hmm. It was just free status. Mm -hmm. And there was no questioning of it at all. And then if you were at all associated with questioning climate catastrophism, or let alone supporting fossil fuels, then you had devil horns. So it's <laughs> this thing where there, there's no debate. And I think part of what I've helped to create and what other what some others have helped to create is there is increasingly a debate about this. And I think a manifestation of this is you mentioned the World Economic Forum and in particular ESG. 
When I started, you know, five or six years ago, I used to do consulting on messaging for businesses. Now I just help politicians because it's more high impact. But ESG just took the corporate world by storm, including the oil and gas industry. And everyone just said, oh, we love ESG. They just always parasitically adopt the new term, mm -hmm. which is just so dangerous. When mm -hmm. your enemy comes up with a new term, don't, especially oh, if it's yeah. three letters, don't don't start voicing <laughs> those three letters, but mm -hmm. they, they do that. And it was just nobody would question ESG. It had a total moral monopoly. And now look at what's happening now. Now people have very negative associations with ESG, considerably negative associations with the World Economic Forum. And I think also real questions about the net zero movement. And I think it's a combination of, I think, some of the intellectual work and activist work some of us have done, but also the manifestation of a global energy crisis, including mm -hmm. a lesser energy crisis in America. Whenever you have a crisis, the establishment is called into question. And so I, I view now as a very special educational opportunity, certainly in energy, the greatest one of my lifetime, because I was born in 1980, the, the 70s energy crisis was even starting to become a memory then. Mm -hmm. Just like inflation, people don't think it can happen if it hasn't happened recently. Right. Now both of those are happening and people are open to, wait a second, maybe it doesn't make sense to restrict all of our reliable energy without a replacement. It, maybe it doesn't make sense to just right. print money endlessly. Maybe, maybe logic is valid. Right. <laughs> maybe. I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think the jury's still out on that, but we'll give that point to you for now. Um, the uh, uh, When you look Look at how everything is under the umbrella of Save the Earth now. I don't know if you saw the story about rice needing to go away if we're going to save the planet. And rice so the now, grain? Rice the, the grain. grain okay? okay, Feeds what? Oh, I don't know. Probably half the world. Uh, What's it going to be replaced with? Well, they certainly don't. not meat. No, they don't. Have, yeah, no, they don't have that part of it. They're just they're just talking about getting rid of of rice. Why Resource would you worry about? Yeah. They'll come up. There, scientists are working on something to replace rice. I'm sure it's got to be bugs, right? We got to get to bugs yeah. eventually. How? Do, what's the path to eating bugs? So when I look at this and I look at the people involved, I mean, you have said forever a moral case for fossil fuels because. Millions will die. Millions will die if we just abandon uh, power, electricity. Um, we're also now having these zealots take on our foods, meat, rice. This is immoral. Rice feeds. So how many people will starve without rice? I think rice is a great example. So I want to, since it's about to be Earth Day, and I'm here in town for this event called Earth X, which is traditionally, I think, an event for environmental catastrophists. Uh, but I was invited uh, because former Governor Rick Perry wanted to have me here, I guess, mm. as a counter. And so he's invited me and then the Texas State Climatologist. We're going to be on the stage together, which will be very interesting. Oh, it's going to be great. So yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to get a really good You need to borrow a bulletproof vest? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So we haven't yeah. had any scares yet. Let's okay. hope. Don't, don't get any ideas. Anyway. <laughs> um, and so it's Earth Day. So I want, to, I want to ask kind of a question, which I think is maybe the most clarifying question when it comes to how people look at Earth. And it's very simple, but I think it explains how people could possibly be anti-rice in the name of the Earth. So the question is, what is your goal with respect to Earth? Is it one, to advance human flourishing on Earth? Or two, is it to eliminate human impact on Earth? And I think the anti-rice goal is eliminating human impact on Correct. Earth. Correct. It's Malthusian. Because an Earth, from a human perspective, an Earth with rice is a better Earth. Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And right. an Earth with fossil fuels is a better Earth. 
And so that's my perspective. You know, I have a pro-human environmental philosophy, and I think that's the root of all of this. What is your stance on fossil fuels being fossil fuels or just some natural thing that I mean, apparently it's bubbling up from the ocean floor all the time. It's part of nature. Yeah, I think it's mo- it a- it's mostly um, I mean, there's more of a question for gas, but I think it's mostly ancient biological matter. I mean, this stuff can naturally occur. You see that on Saturn, like mm-hmm. hydrocarbons, which, are, you know, that's what yeah. fossil fuels are. They can naturally occur. But if you look at for and this is not my area of expertise, but if you look at how like how people explore for oil, like they're geologists who study the history of life. So the vast majority of people I know who are actually finding this stuff definitely believe in what's called the biogenic theory. And wouldn't that be just the perfect way for a self-sustaining ecosystem to work? That it would take stuff that has died and is, is, is being regenerated into something else that is useful? Well, I mean, the, the criticism would be... I think it's a good point. The criticism is, oh, we're, we're taking it at a faster rate. So we're we're burning the stuff at a faster rate than it decomposed. Now, from a certain perspective, why, and from my perspective, like, why do I care about that? Because we don't need to use the stuff forever. We use the stuff and we discover better things like right. nuclear. So we've got more than 10 times more, quote, fossil fuel underground than we've used in the whole history of civilization. We're not running out of it. We're running out of the freedom to harness it. That's what's correct. That's what's scary. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a great thing. An- another perspective that's m- even more controversial is, well, in a sense, we're returning the CO2 for, to the atmosphere because we had very high CO2 that was absorbed, you know, by like a lot of marine organisms. We're returning it to the atmosphere. Isn't that more, quote, natural? So it's interesting that they, they hate anything that's impacted by humans, even if we're making it more like Correct. it used to be. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at... Um the road we're on, especially this push from Biden and the World Economic Forum to get all cars to be batteries. I mean, it's, the whole thing falls apart uh, when you just start to take it logically. Do we have the transmission lines to be able to put all of wherever you're getting it from? Let's say, you know, ancient space monkeys come down and teach us how to make more electricity. We don't have the power lines to distribute this kind of stuff that fast, do we? Certainly not now. I mean, I just think of it as it's very valuable, I think, just to return to basic principles. And the basic principles of, you know, a free economy is what do we do? If you have a good idea, you are free to offer it to the market and see how it goes. It is not a good idea to try to make 67% of new U.S. vehicles electric by the year 2032 that for a million different reasons which is why it's not even close to happening we have six percent adoption with massive government subsidies people don't want these things and the basic reasons are they're not as cost effective for the typical person and we have a decline in the availability of reliable electricity and we're why would you have a massive increase in demand correct but you have car companies that are going out of the combustion engine I mean, yeah, like they're kind of there. I mean, it's one of these situations where there's if, if everyone else is doing it, it can't be that bad. It's, it's just people really think, oh, if the government is behind it, if Joe Biden's word is behind it, it must work. Like some politicians just think they're just God. magical. Like they, they can just they can just say words 
and then those words will just come true. So they can just say, oh yeah, by 20, but look at Newsom, right? I mean, five days after he announced no more internal combustion engine vehicles in 2035, he had to tell us as residents of California, don't charge your EV. And by the way, don't use your air conditioning right. during a heat wave. This is, this is with a few percent EV penetration. And they're talking about making it close to 100%. So it's what's happening is the worst crackpot ideas are being dictated. This is why we don't want anyone's uh -huh. ideas dictated, even smart people's. What's problem is these people aren't only dumb, but they're <laughs> anti-human at the core. They're against energy, right? They're against, you see them be, being against rice. They're against, really what they're against is human impact. So it's the combination of the evil of government quote planning, which is just government dictating, combined with an anti-human motive. At least the communists had a semi-anti-human motive, had a semi-pro-human motive. But the Greens, their core motive is eliminating human impact from Earth. So you don't want people dictating you to hurt yourself. It really is fascinating. Now, they say, look, we've got a uh, they're saying it is a pro-human uh, outlook. They're saying there's a catastrophe around the corner. We have to stop it. We have not been thinking about these things for too long. And now we have to do something about it. So, yeah, you know, EVs might be more expensive and they might have some costs up front. But that's why we need the government to step in and 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 take the reins i mean there's a lot to take apart there but let's just take the idea of okay we have a looming catastrophe so i have a very simple rule that will rule out 85 percent of people's predictions which is i only accept predictions about the future from people who accurately portray the present mm. so if they acknowledge <laughs> that's, that's a good rule that's really yeah, good for, for the, if they acknowledge hey you know what human beings are currently in a climate renaissance as in we're far safer from climate related disasters than ever the average person is 150th is likely to die from a climate related disaster because the rate of death has gone down 98 percent mm. in the last 100 years if they said it's amazing now and so we've had one degree of warming the earth is much more livable than it used to be it's also greener life is better mostly because of all the energy that came with the fossil fuels but there's a looming disaster for xyz reason i would listen but they say no no the climate is terrible today it's never been worse and then they give anecdotes of this person died this person died making you think that the death rate is right. higher right. why would i trust them to predict the future if they can't predict the present either there's only two possibilities oh no, not of trusting them but they're only doing it because one they're ignorant or two they have a different goal and this goes back to is their goal to advance human flourishing on earth or is it to eliminate human impact on Earth? See, I think the elites have a very anti-human view. I mean, yeah. everything that is being done now across the board is uh, to enslave or to kill humans. You know what I mean? Tell them exactly what to do every second of the day. You're only going to you're going to have to walk if you live in this area. There's no cars for you. Your car can only drive so far. That, that's that's crazy and i think they have a real malthusian attitude and i think the majority of the people who are just lapdog followers are ignorant of the real facts yeah i mean i think malthusian's actually charitable to, to them well it's an aspect of it it's an aspect of it so it's what i it's what i call the parasite polluter view of human beings so this is the view that earth is what i call a delicate nurturer so it's stable sufficient it gives us enough as long as we're not too greedy and it's safe and then human beings are parasite polluters and our impact ruins it. yeah so there's that aspect of running out of resources but there's also this idea of like everything we do ruins earth and at the core, that's obviously not true. Like we we make water clean. Nature doesn't just have Evian and Perrier flowing all over the place and we ruin it. Like we make clean water, right? We make the air a lot cleaner than it was when we use wood. Like we make our environment unnaturally clean and safe. So you can't not know that. So I think it's really a belief that human impact is evil. 
But notice they don't think bear impact is evil, right. beaver impact is evil. So it's it's a distinctly anti-human view. It's I, I, that's why I call it human racism because it's the view that the human race is particularly evil. That our impact is evil, and the rest of nature's impact is good. And this is a mainstream view. It goes by green. Green means minimize or eliminate human impact. It's an uncontroversial idea. So this is how far we are against in terms of hating our species and our, our nature. So Alex, I feel like they don't normally let you on stage with climatologists to debate. Is that what this is? Is this a debate that you're participating in uh, while you're here? It's not a debate. It's a discussion. Hopefully it's a lively discussion. <laughs> oh, I Oh, I think it will be. <laughs> Why, when you get in these moments, because you've had some some high profile back and forth with you know with climatologists and scientists talking about this stuff, you know they say that you're not even allowed to participate in these debates because you you're you're no scientist, you're not an expert, but you are an expert. How do you deal with that? approach which basically tries to eliminate this entire perspective you're, from the conversation you're just not an expert that they have deemed <laughs> right. an expert yeah that's the deal i mean so the, the you're not a scientist type thing is really revealing because what we're dealing with are policy questions right the question is what to do and that always has a moral component so policy questions always have value so they're never fully resolved by a factual one discipline they're also always interdisciplinary so energy questions when energy impacts climate obviously energy expertise is relevant and that's what i have primarily i know quite a bit about climate most of these climate guys know nothing about energy i certainly know infinitely more about climate than they know about energy but it just shows that the only focus with fossil fuels and climate is what are the negative climate effects of fossil fuels? And this is where I think as a philosopher, I really have the expertise because they're looking, again, this question of is your goal to advance human flourishing on earth or eliminate human impact on earth? They're looking at the issue of fossil fuels from the perspective of our goal is to eliminate impact. So all they can think about is, oh, we're impacting the climate and that's bad and we should repent and we should stop. Mm -hmm. They don't look at the benefits, but from a human flourishing perspective, you look at fossil fuels and you look at how much better have they made the earth, including how much safer are we from climate due to things like irrigation and heating and cooling and sturdy buildings. And I, I do think this is, um, I think Stu, you mentioned my book, Fossil Future. I think this is the, really the distinctive thing about Fossil Future is it's the only book that looks fully at our energy choices from a purely human flourishing perspective. And what people are shocked by is how different that is, how differently you look at the same thing, this, you know, the coal and oil and gas, when you look at it and the earth from a human flourishing perspective, it's just totally changes your mind. You look at it, oh my gosh, I'm so glad these guys figured out how to turn the glop yeah. into human life. Yeah. It's made the earth better. Not, it should have stayed underground and we should have stayed and, savages. And if we don't educate ourselves, we are going to end up figuring that out, not from a book, but from real life as we're cold, dark, and hungry. Uh, Alex, thank you so much. God thank, bless. Thanks for having me, guys. You You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Justin Haskins is on with us. He is the Heartland Institute Socialism Research Center director, probably more famous as the co-author with his unbelievable, talented, good-looking sidekick, uh, who is also the co-author of that book called The Great Reset and an upcoming book called Dark Future. Justin, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Glenn. I, you know, I love the idea of you being my sidekick. 
Damn! I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna plaster that everywhere. Oh. Well, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for these kids in their I mystery know. van. Um, You've always been your own worst enemy. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, Justin, I, I I got this news. I've been saving it for Friday on the program. Uh, I got this news late. I think Wednesday. And it took everything in me to keep it quiet yesterday. This is huge. What happened in Florida? Yeah, Florida is it, it is it is essentially a done deal in Florida. They are going to pass uh, the most comprehensive, toughest, most important anti ESG social credit scoring bill uh, that we have ever seen. Probably anywhere in the entire world. This is the toughest thing uh, for the past year and a half or so. Uh, many of us have been fighting in you know, two dozen states. You've been covering it on your show, trying to get a really solid ESG bill passed. There's been some, some progress made in a lot of places. They have put some legislation into place, but nothing that, that goes so far as to protect the individual from ESG. They usually have to do with investments, state investments, state contracts, things like that. But this is the first time that a state is is on the verge of passing a bill that will protect individuals from banks and other financial institutions using ESG and social credit scores to discriminate against people to try to force the entire economy to transform along the Great Reset lines. This is a huge part of what the Great Reset is. You and I did not think that what we're seeing in Florida right now would happen. <laughs> no, I mean, anytime soon. Yeah. Hang on just a second. Um, two years ago, when we re- first released uh, the Great Reset, I remember looking at you and you looking at me and we're like, is anybody even going to care or read this book? And we wrote it with that knowledge that maybe nobody will read it, but it was so important for everybody to understand Look at, I mean, ESG and the WEF, they are on the ropes. And, and, and it's, it's in good part due to this audience reading and spreading the word about this book. It's crazy yes. what's happened. Yes, w- without a doubt. I remember having those meetings in your office. Uh, I remember you telling me over and over and over again, Justin, we have to find hope. We've got to provide hope. And I said, Glenn, there is no hope. We're <laughs> I'll never forget you saying that. <laughs> it's all over. And you're saying, no, no, we have to find a way. We have to find a way. And I remember saying to you, Glenn, it's too uh, far okay, uh, we'll come up with something. Yeah. But you do realize we're screwed, right? Yeah. And, yeah, we are. And I said, <laughs> yes. I said, yes, I know, but we've got to hold out. Because both of us knew how far along this was. And if you don't act quickly, it's over. And uh, it is being beaten back. And a month ago, I would have never thought that Florida or any state would have passed something this strong. I mean, it covers all of the bases that we have been preaching about, traveling the country, talking about. Uh, I mean, it's an incredible bill. It, It makes Florida the safest state if it passes the safest state against the WEF and and safest government probably in the world. Yes, w- without a doubt. Um, the bill is 
incredible. Uh, State Representative Bob Rommel, State Senator Aaron Grawl deserve tons of credit. Of course, Ron DeSantis, who has already said that he's going to sign the bill. The bill has been passed by the House and passed by the Senate. So there's no reason to believe this isn't going to be signed any day now by Ron DeSantis, who has been an absolute champion warrior for this bill and and uh, anti-ESG warrior uh, nationally now. He's becoming a national figure for this. Uh, And of course, the House leadership, the Senate leadership, uh, all behind this as well. And that's the difference. See, we've seen this introduced in numerous other states, but in every other state where something like this has been introduced, it's been killed by by establishment Republicans, by bank lobbyists, by corrupt organizations, some of which claim to be conservative. These are the people who have been killing these bills all across the country, including in deep, deep red states like Idaho and Kansas and other places, but in Florida because they had leadership behind it from the very beginning with Ron DeSantis and with Paul Renner, the House Speaker, and, and, and uh, Catherine Pasadomo. I mean, these people, Kathleen Pasadomo, I mean, these these people are the are the heroes of this, um, and and you know, and I also think there's a lot of people out there who think, well, I don't live in Florida, so this doesn't matter. Oh, to me, it does. It, it does. does. Yeah, this it is does. going to change the entire landscape of this fight. Everywhere else, it's going to be easier to pass this uh, legislation. And the people who have been working on the ground on this nationwide, like Eddie Grandy and Audrey Decker at Pro Family Legislative Network, these people are heroes. 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 This is going to change the entire fight against the Great Reset going forward. So the Democrats said a couple of things. Um, Senator uh, Jason Pizzo said the bill is absolutely laughable. It shows that we are not a business-friendly state. Democratic Senator Tina uh, Scott Polsky said, Socialism is a state of control of production, distribution, and change of goods and services. I will vote for capitalism, and that's why I vote no on this bill. This is incredible. The way they have turned where you have Democrats claiming that they are pro-business um, by, by stopping anything to stop ESG and how many Republicans and conservatives buy into it. It's nuts. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. The idea that this is that ESG, that social credit scores, that collusion amongst all these massive corporations and banks all over the world, all going flying off to Davos, colluding about how they're going to fundamentally transform our entire economy. The idea that that is somehow free market economics when they don't give a crap about what the average consumer wants. They're not listening to supply and demand. They're not following any of the normal rules or laws of economics. And yet somehow this is supposed to be about protecting the free market. Give me a break. That is a total, total joke. The only reason anyone on the left wants this is because it is a mechanism for controlling society, which many people on the left love. And the only reason some establishment Republicans, I think, have been so hesitant to go in this direction is either because they don't understand it, if we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, or because, frankly, they're cronyists, they're corrupt. They're in with big business interests that and want big banks. this kind of control. And big yeah. banks. Um, let, me, uh, uh, let me show you an example. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this news, but we had Dr. Eric Hansen on a couple of weeks ago. Texas Medical Board suspended his medical license because he didn't obey the mask mandate in 2021. So just a few months ago, they suspend him 
as a doctor for something that happened in 2021. And he was right on. Uh, and so they they suspend him. He loses his license and he comes on the show. We tell call the Texas Medical uh, Board and uh, say enough is enough here. And they did like the next day they granted his license. Then we found out the day after that the hospital that he had privileges at and the insurance company that he had both dropped him. So yep. good luck with your medical, uh, your medical license. You can't use it. Okay. That's ESG. So we went yeah. on the air to uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I said, uh, you got to call the hospital, got to call the hospital. And people called within six hours. He was reinstated at that hospital. The only one that's going to be tough is the insurance company. And and that is the biggest partner. The banks and the insurance companies are the biggest hammers to fall. If he was living in Florida under this new bill, he wouldn't have a problem. Be much, it'd be much harder for any of this kind of thing to happen. And, and for every story like that that you hear, see, not every person who's discriminated against gets their story featured by Glenn Beck on the radio and, and, and hundreds or thousands of people calling, demanding that their employer reinstate that. That doesn't usually happen. No. In 99% of the cases, or more than that, you never even hear about it. And that's why you need laws on the books to protect people. And and if you don't have fair access law like they now have in Florida, which conservatives have been fighting against, you don't even know. You become a conspiracy theorist because you're like, wait a minute, the medical board, then the hospital and then the insurance company, they all cancel me and they cancel me after I'm reinstated, not when I lose my medical license, but I'm reinstated. And that's when they tell me, well, if you don't have fair access, you can't prove it because they don't have to answer any questions. That's the problem. Well, the reason that you and I were so concerned about the Great Reset when we first started learning about it, even before we were really vocal about what it was, fully explaining to the audience what, what's going on, is because we understood how deep the collusion was. Yes. And, and we thought a lot of people just wouldn't believe it because it seemed so unbelievable how much coordination and how much collusion and how much corruption was going on and how much money had been poured into this system where they're all coordinating on these issues like, you know, vaccine mandates or whatever the issue is. Silencing conservatives on social media. It doesn't matter. Whatever they decide to be the issue, they're all coordinating. And that's why Davos matters. That's why the World Economic Forum matters. That's why the Great Reset matters. And it matters why Joe Biden and all of these people are in these vast public-private partnerships with these major corporations. It's not because the World Economic Forum actually has political power in and of itself. It's because it's about coordinating all these institutions all over the world working hand-in-hand in in lockstep to take away your freedoms and And, to advance their cause. And I truly believe there are big companies. I think Budweiser is one of them. Look, Budweiser, owned by, you know, Augie Bush, they're conservatives. Uh, And do you really think they wanted to release that? You know, I don't buy their cock and bull story that, oh, it was just some low level. No, it wasn't. That's the job of that individual to get you a higher CEI score to. And the only way you can get this score 
is if you are using your advertising to support and grow LGBTQ2 plus uh, knowledge. So you've got to take your money. It doesn't say, hey, no, we have a fair workspace. You have to take your money and do something like Budweiser did. Well, it's suicidal. And I don't think they want to do it, uh, you know, at least at the corporate level, the highest levels. But they did it because if they don't, they get a bad score on CEI and nobody does business with them. Right. And there's, and there's a ton of examples of that sort of thing happening. You have fossil fuel companies like ExxonMobil throwing members of the board out of the door because they're not willing to, to phase out fossil fuels. It's a fossil fuel company. Why would they ever do that? Because that's how the Great Reset works. Everybody knows who's involved with this that you have to go along, you have to chase the money, you have to go where the black rocks of the world are going and the, and the other big institutional investors and the banks, because if all the banks and all the black rocks of the world and State Street Global Advisors and all those people are moving in one direction together as a group, and you go against them, you will be destroyed. It's and we know this because they've, they've said this yeah. numerous times publicly. Yeah, it is, it's racketeering at the highest levels I think ever seen on Earth. Na, 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 na.